Welcome to the Shake Rattle Row podcast episode four. This podcast sees me uh, interview one of the best up and coming talents in UK MMA, the one and only Paddy Pimblett. Enjoy. Right, welcome to episode four of the Shake Rattle Row podcast. I'm Richard Shaw, and uh, we're very lucky today to have one of the uh, well known voices in MMA. Um, I'm just going to help pass some time in this lockdown, isn't it? I, lo- I love talking shite anyway, so we might as well. All right, buddy. Um, thank you for coming on, mate. There's, um, but believe it or not, there's a lot of guys in Wales. You know, we've got a lot of supporters in this in this neck of the woods. So I just thought it'd be great for us to have a conversation and then get to know a little bit uh, a little bit more about your past, then pretty much, buddy. So I'm going to kick it straight off. Um, how old was you when you got into martial arts, and uh, you know what was your first introduction? Um, well, everyone in Liverpool goes and does a little bit of boxing when they're a kid. Know what I mean? So I went and done. I didn't do much. I done about 10, 12 weeks of boxing when I was young. I was looking for fighting and then it just fizzled out. I don't mean lost interest. Just a normal kid for a bit and then I started. I went to next gen when I was 15. Went to next gen when I was 15. I went on. I Sports amateur, and then it went on from there. Paul said to me, "Ready to go pro?" And I just cracked on from there. Yeah, did you do any other sports as a youngster, or was it just just martial arts and boxing? Um, no, it, I was, everyone plays fuzzy, don't you? Know what I mean, <laughs> it wasn't ever, it wasn't any good life, but everyone plays fuzzy. I had a little game at golf, fuzzy, and that. And I liked yeah. tennis as a kid, you know what I mean? But I was never that good at that either. So I ended up finding what I was good at at an, uh, an older age. What was Paddy Pimblett like as a youngster? You know, was a young lad. Was you was you into trouble? Was you a bit of a tearaway? Um, yeah, you could say that. Like most people are in. Was to be honest, yeah. Just not to do. We just passed our time running around, being the shit, throwing stones at windows. <laughs> so you you joined Next Gen with Paul when you was fifteen. So Paul's been your only coach in MMA, yeah, from from day one. Yeah, he's. Day one, Paul's been you know, coach. Any, anyone, you know, from an outside looking, they can see that you and Paul have got a brilliant relationship as well, you know. What what makes him such a special coach as far as you're concerned? Because he cares about each and every one of us, you know what I mean? Like, every single person in that gym, he cares about, like, their own son, all his pro fighters, you know what I mean? I call, I call him his second dad. What are you shouting at? Hey! <laughs> Sorry about that, I mean, he's shouting, his no. face just went in. <laughs> um... Yeah, like everyone in the gym, he cares about. You know what I mean? I, I say, I always say to people, he's like my second dad because he is. Times in life, it's not just the gym. You know what I mean? All the shit's been going on in my life and stuff's been happening. He's the, he's the first person. If I was in hospital, he'd be the first person to see me. If I was in jail, he'd be one of the first person to come and get me out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, and that's nice to you. I mean, he's, he's probably somebody that would be a big part in your life, even if it wasn't for MMA. If you'd met him, then he's that type of guy, pal. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like, even if it wasn't MMA and like any any form of trouble in life, and like I need a query, you know what I mean? Paul's one of my go-to's. I'll ring them or I'll text them saying any about this, and he'll always help me out no matter what it is. That's great. I mean, 
you know, from fr- from my perspective as an outside looker, in, your, your team is very similar to mine. I think. I think you've got a. Um, yeah, we we say that ourselves. To be honest, yeah, like, fam- like they're all like family. You know what I mean? It's like family. Yeah, and, and I can I mean. see that the relationship that you and you know, <laughs> and, and I th- I think that transcends not just the top guys like you, you know, Chris Fitzgerald, Molly. I see how you are with the amateurs and the, and, and the novice pros. You all they support each other, um, and, and I think that's quite unique as well, mate. You know, there's not many teams out there, but I see a lot of a lot of the traits that I feel that we got in our gym and your gym, and I, I think that's what's led with both of our teams being really successful on the circuit. If I'm honest, you catch that, then? Sorry, mate, you broke up. Can you hear me? Yeah, you, you know, mate, it's breaking up, it is a bit. There's, there's other, I've seen other fighters and other coaches and other gyms say there's no, no no loyalty to gyms and coaches, and I don't understand that, because they're the people who've got you where you are. I don't understand the people who lose a fight and then they, they jump gym, you know what I mean, and they go to a different gym thinking it's going to source everything. It's not, it's, you know what I mean? You, if you do that, you're your own worst enemy, you're just blaming someone every time you lose. And, and I think that's that's fighters not taking responsibility for their, for themselves, you know, is... They're always looking for, for blame, you know. It's an issue with the team. It's an issue with the coaches. Instead of having a good look at yourself, thinking, how can I self-improve in the environment I'm already in? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, your team's a great example where you've got Molly in the USC, you've got Fishgold in the USC, you've been a world champion on, on Cage Warriors, uh, Fishgold and Molly's been world champions on Fish, you know, Cage Warriors. So that you, you've got the blueprint there for success. So there's no real need, you know, particularly... From from my point of view, looking as an outsider, I don't think there's a need for, for anybody in Liverpool if they train in your gym to go and train in anywhere else, is it? Yeah, I, I don't know what I mean. We've had people leave in the past, and not nine out of ten people who leave in the past that never bowls favourably for them. So I don't don't understand why people do it. Know what I mean? Just stick with the people who've got you as far as you are and who you've trusted. And and I know people say, oh, certain people can only take you so far, but that's only if it's in your head. They can only take you so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And also, from a training perspective, you know, you want people around you that you trust. You want somebody that, you know, if you're drilling, you're drilling heel hooks, you want somebody that you know full well is not going to pop your knee out. And um, yeah. if you're having a stand-up spar, you know that somebody's not going to take a cheap shot and try and knock you out. And, and I, think, I, know there's I, think, a, there's a, I know there's other gyms like that in Liverpool where it happens. People come in for the first session and they try and knock them out. People come in yeah. and do the first two, two sessions and people are ear looking them in that. And I don't think it's just um, Liverpool pad. I think that's that's a problem with lots of gyms around the UK and Europe, you know. I visit a lot of places and, um, you know, I, I'm a great believer. We've, we, we've created teams with kids that have come in from a very young age, you know, grown adults, fighting at a really good level, and they're all in it together. They're all looking to help each other out, and I think that's what breeds a success at the clubs. Yeah, definitely. Right, so you joined Paul at 15. Um, how old were you when you had your first fight? Did you fight the amateur? Yes. When I was 16, for, I was like I wasn't meant to fight that night. I um, someone in the gym got injured. Well, he, he he had an injury like the week before, and Paul said to him, "I was fighting on the Saturday, and um, it was the Friday, the Friday before." And he said to me, "Can you um, will you will you do this fight?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, I'll do it." <laughs> how how many amateurs did you have? Uh, right? Nine amateur, won them all. Nine amateur, yeah. Yeah, that's why Paul ended up saying to me, like, I won all them amateur, because I never done. Remember the Cage Warriors Forum? Yeah, yeah. I put on that. I put on that. I'm actually buying some weights from 
someone, someone, you know what I mean? So, Paul ended up saying to me, you might as well just go pro now. And I did, when I was 17. So, seven, 17 was your first pro fight, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, um, at the moment, you know, you, you're probably somebody, I'm, I'm guessing, that's always in the gym, even outside of fights. You, like you said, you've got that friendship group, it's a social thing. What are yeah. you doing at the moment during these tough times, during this lockdown? Are you doing any training at all? Yeah, of course, you know what I mean? I'm luckily enough to have a, like a fan of the punch bag in my cellar and my brother-in-law is handy enough to get it on the wall for me outside. Uh, before that, all I was doing was runs and um, like shadow boxing in the house with kettlebells. I've got a robber that I've lent off someone and uh, I've got some mats out the gym and Chris Chris Walsh, uh, one of the black belts out of our gym, being my mate since I can I remember, you know what I mean? He yeah. lives like six doors down from me, so he just comes down to ours and we put the mats out and we do a bit of jits in my kitchen. So fortunate keeping your hand in a bit then, which which you know, and it's it's not the same as as being in that 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 training gym every every day, but you, you know you've got to make the best of a bad situation. I'm fortunate that our Jack lives with me, so the two of yeah, us are doing, a bit, are doing a bit yeah. every day as well, you know. With him, um, it wouldn't be too bad if you're not just sitting around all day bored all the other time, <laughs> just eating food. I'm just like that with chocolate and just anything what's there. You know what I mean? I'm just bored. I, I've just seen on the news that um, alcohol sales for March went up by 31% compared to last year. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> more than 31%. Yeah. Everyone We're in the middle of a crisis and everybody turns the booze. <laughs> Therefore, everyone's going to be at alcohol. <laughs> they'll all be alkies and diabetic from the chocolate. I'm, I'm like yourself. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a huge drinker, but if I'm sat in the house and I'm bored, first thing I start doing is picking on chocolate, Chris. Same. I'm a chocolate man myself. It's absolute rubbish, you know? Like them Easter eggs, mate, they just go get us in one go. <laughs> Big boxes of them, just like see you later. <laughs> right, a couple of questions on, on, on your fight career. Who who is um who is your toughest opponent to date? Who and it can be a win, it can be a loss, but it's just somebody that when, when that final bell went, you thought, you know, I've been in a strap there. Who's the toughest opponent? Um well, I know what I always say. This one, me, me, Cage Warriors debut. Yeah. I fought that someone. I don't, it was against someone from London Shoe Fighters called I don't know his name is Florian Callum or Callum Florian, one or the other. Um, and like Fishy had been to London Shoe and sparred with them, and like they had a good spar. You know what I mean? And like a few people in the gym were worried about me going into that one. Cage yeah. Warriors debut against this fella who was I think his, his record wasn't even that good. I think it was like. Four and one or something, but he, he was one of the best guys in London shoot. He was a wrestler, but he liked to bang. Yeah. And um, it was it was seven it was seven years ago the other day actually I think. And um, it was the hottest day of the year in London. Oh. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I left me gum shield in the hotel and yeah. Adam Ventry. Adam Ventry on the hottest day of the year, running through London, getting him flat taxi. <laughs> I think the taxis cost like forty quid there and back to the hotel. Got back and as soon as he came in, he gave me my gum shield like that. And I went to him, lad, my dad isn't in here. Go and get me dad. He's in the boozer down the road. <laughs> Adam had to run down the boozer and get me out of there. But yeah, after that fight, I'd done, it was it was around the piece going into the third. And he took me down and I used the cage to crawl on him and take his back and just kept stayed there for the rest of the fight. And I swear, I'll never forget at the end of the fight, couldn't lift my arms up and not on, was absolutely gassed. Yeah. And then it was in, can you remember when it used to be in the forum, Cage Warriors? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had a few lads fighting the go, forum, yeah. You had to go up the stairs to the changing rooms, didn't you? That's right. I, I couldn't walk up the stairs. Danny Roberts had to pick me up and put me on his back and get me up the stairs. 
Yeah, do you you won that fight though, decision, yeah? Yeah, yeah, decision. Like, and then obviously the the, the five 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 minute rounds is is disgusting. You know what I mean? They are like when I fought a Rosa and I'd cut it like just over a key overnight. Yeah. And I'd done them three rounds and then I, I'll never forget it. But at the end of the third round, I sat down to Paul and I was in the corner and just went, hey, I'm I'm feeling this here, you know. And for yeah. two rounds, I just had to stay away and stay away. And I felt it at the end of that one. That, that That's um the, the Rosa fight for me, you know. But, you, you know, I, whenever you fight, mate, I'm a supporter of yours. I'm, all, I'm always willing you to win. Do you know what I mean? We, we've known each other, you know, since you've been in the sport. But yeah. There was a, a bit of criticism after people feeling that Arosa had won the fight. Now, I've watched that fight a few times, and I've scored it as well. I'm a bit of an MMA. So I, I, and you won that fight, mate. You won it three rounds to two, and I can't see what um, what the argument was. You know, there was a few people online, you know, talking a bit of shit to you after. I remember you getting into some debates with it. But for me, it was a clear cut. You'd won the fight three rounds to two. And, you know, did, did your team, were they confident when that final bell went that you'd won the fight? I've lost you again. I have pad. Be with me. You're back. You're back. Are you still there, pad? Yeah, I'm to be honest. Sorry, mate. I lost. I lost you then. I lost you then. Did Did you hear the question? What is What I asked? Uh, yeah, about um, people talking shit on Twitter. Yeah, they, yeah, and, 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 and I felt it was a clear cut three rounds to two. Yeah, it's exactly the same. I thought it was clear cut three rounds to two. I said that after the fight, and then when I watched the back, I said the same. Yeah. You know, I'm one of these guys. Sometimes I watch a I watch a fight and and I watch it a second time just to make sure that I'm not not crying with emotions. I could understand. I'll get argument now. This one, he was saying that Rosa won the fight four rounds to one, and I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, what were they watching? When this, this you start watching them, I'm a nailer. No, I, I, it was a great fight. I thought, like, you know, it was a tough fight for you. Uh, that was the one where you, you you threw up after the fight, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm, a lot of people still mention that to me to this day. Like, oh, yeah, you're the one that's spewed up in the cage, aren't you? That gets mentioned <laughs> to me all the time. What's, um, what's your, what's, what's your favourite fight of your career? What's, what's, not, not less it's when we've taken the most joy. The title fight? Um, I've got one of my amateur ones. I've fought someone from Carbon and there was a lot of bad blood leading into it, you know what I mean? And the, uh, he pulled out on me and then I made it. I had a t-shirt made with Diaz saying, um, fucking Carl Rigby, don't be scared, homie. Yeah. And then, like, caused all commotion. And like it was a bit of bad blood, you know what I mean? And they end up winning that fight on every round, so that was one of them. And then 
to be honest, my favourite one of my pros is when I beat Stephen Martin in Newcastle because yeah, he 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 dropped me and he he knocked me out with the first shot and woke me back up with the second and I showed me part of my determination. You know what I mean? And I won't I won't just yeah. lie down and get finished. I I scrambled, I scrambled, I got up, fought back, started to come back into the round and sliced him with an elbow and finished the fight. Obviously, yeah. people would expect you to say the title win and that, but that that is my favourite win. You know what I mean? That's it's your favourite like... because you overcome a bit of adversity, yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget us doing yeah. interviews after it where he proper rocked me, and I was dazed. <laughs> people was people saying to me, um, oh, "Lads, what what had you been on there? What had you been on? Had you been on the boot on something there when you done that interview?" But it was where I'd been knocked out, and I was just like yeah. that after it. I think it was one where I was terrorising McGregor. <laughs> he um he, he was a good talent, Steve. I don't think he's on a circuit now. BJJ Black Belt. He's a really talented grappler, wasn't he? And um, yeah, he had a couple of couple of good wins. He was he was on Bama. I remember him fighting on Bama, and I don't think he's I don't think he's competing at all now. I know because I think he beat that Jeremy Petley, but and he lost his he got beat by Nad, and he like his losses are to good people, and his wins are against good guys. Yeah, and I thought no bombs. Yeah. Um, you, you've got a obviously a very strong pro team at the next gen, but you know which, which amateur, which youngster should we be looking out for? Badu, somebody who's gonna rock the circuit over the next couple of years. Well, we've got a few of them, you know. Like we've got a few young, young lads. I'd say, well, there's a few that have just gone pro, like Nathan Fletcher, who you'll you'll know we won the Grand Prix. Um, yeah, yeah. Liam, really uh, Liam Malloy, who's just gone. We was in a final of one of the Grand Prix. Little Connor Wilson, he uh, he's just gone pro, and he's one and all. Seven, he's like nineteen, and he's he's a beast. <laughs> he's massive lad. I don't know his head's about this big, so we don't know how big his body's going to end up. Um, and then that was like Adam Cullen. Uh, he's another lad. On the same, um, little Fran, one of my one of my good little mates, little mate, full hot weight for flyweight. Jeff doesn't flyweight, and we're trying to pull him up, so we have to cut weight for flyweight, lad, because he's just too. <laughs> <laughs> so, good, good, strong, in depth group of youngsters coming through, mate. Yeah, so the future's bright for next gen. Yeah, you've got a good. Good new breed coming through the ranks. The amateurs about now, like the level of amateur now is a lot different from when I was an amateur at I, I, th- I think that's a lot to do with the coaching as well. I think the youngsters today, and I've had this conversation with several people, they, they, they're so lucky to have the, the level of, you know, when you and Fishgold and Molly were coming through through to aim for the UFC, you never had nobody you could look up to and go, well, they've done it, so I'm going to follow that blueprint. Um, we were the same, you know, when Marshman, when Jack came through. The difference is now, the youngsters coming through, they've got black belt coaching, they've got quality, you know, high-level tight coaching, and then also they've got a blueprint to follow the guys who's already in the UFC. So I think the, that's why the level of the amateurs now is so high, I think. Yeah, he's got on there. Like obviously with the 
the level of fighter going up, the level of coaching goes up, and it just it keeps going up and up, doesn't it? And people think, I just don't understand people who still think that we're behind the Americans. We're not, but ahead of them. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Now, I, I think, um, you know what? And I, I don't like a bloke now, but I, your, your team's the same. I feel that we've got a coaching staff and a fight now. Maybe we can stand shoulder with anybody in the world, you know? Um, and a whole lot. And, and when we're at the UFC events, I don't feel out of place. I feel that's where we belong and, uh, and we're competing at a good level. Same, Paul says the exact same. You know what I mean? You've given, obviously, you've been there yourself, I've been there myself, and I've seen some other people's warm ups, and you're just like, what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's not, why are you doing that? Yeah, some, you see some strange sights here, and I think, well, how have you got to this level? It, it blows my mind. Um, quick question I want to ask you. Obviously, you, you had your, your fight in Manchester behind closed doors recently. Really good win, first yeah. round stoppage. You'd had a lot of problems mate, with injuries, pull-outs, your last opponent missing weight. You know, how, how did that feel to finally get back in there and, 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 and do what you do best? It's no feeling like it, to be honest. That's like, like even with no no one there, I started going bananas when I won. Because, like, it been that long since then. And, like, anyone who's never thought or never understand what that feeling's like. But no, I, for us, I, we I, know that that, like, that that feeling's just, it's, you know what I mean? It's... I haven't had a kid yet, but I can compare it to having a child. You know what I mean? Agreed, mate. Agreed. It's um, you know, I say the the adrenaline rush from winning a fight, it, it, it's it's a drug of everybody's choice once you've experienced it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that feeling follows you for days, doesn't it? And and, and I, I rightly so, as you say, you can't really when you're trying to explain to somebody that's not involved in the sport or has never had a a, a fight in their life. It's difficult to get through to them just just how much of a, a buzz it is after that event. Yeah, it is. People, they just it, like this, like you said, Rich. No one who's ever thought will ever understand that it. it's crazy. Like that's why people look at us like we're madmen. Oh, he's getting in the cage. <laughs> we do it for, for that feeling at the end. Like, victorious. No one can, can dispute it. Know what I mean? You've won. All your hard work wasn't for nothing. Yeah, definitely, mate. What's um, what what's next for you, Pad? You know, I see a lot of people online saying you're going to be fighting Mason Jones for the title. Some say you're going to get signed for the UFC. I mean, in your mind, what's next? Just another fight, a title fight? What's your aspirations? What are you looking for next? I just like you say, with all that, with pullouts and injuries, I just want to fight again. I don't need that feeling again. You know, I want to feel it again. I want to start a new win streak. You know I mean? I'm only on one for yeah. now, so let's make it an actual win streak and we'll get going. Um, I don't care where it is, Cage Warriors, UFC, as long as I fight yeah. again before the Yeah, I wanted to get four fighting a year now with all this, but uh, hopefully I can still get another two in. So, yeah. what, if the UFC keep on calling, I'm, I'm sick of people asking me, why are you in the UFC? So, if they come calling, I am going to go for have, have you had have you I've, had an I've approach off them in the I've past? I've always said I want to get the lightweight before yeah. I leave cage audience. But at the same time I can't say Have you been have, have you been approached Yeah, have you been approached for then, the UFC in the past? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. After after I won the belt with Cage Warriors, UFC approached. But um Cage Warriors give me a new contract and then again when 
the UFC come to Liverpool, um, the Ash never wanted to fight on that card. I mean, it, it must be some sort of buzz for you being a local Liverpool lad when you walk out on them, them big events with Cage Warriors and fights in Liverpool. How does that feel being, um, being a scouse? It's real proud of you. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Nothing like walking out in that arena to say, they're not all scousers, but say 5,000 scousers, you know what I mean? And then, what, 8,000 of me fans? Because when I walk out there, you know what I mean? It's, it's pumping. Everyone's going bananas. Everyone's going wild. It's... It's like a fezzy when I walk out. <laughs> yeah, our, our Jack has been up cage side and, and watched one of your fights in Liverpool, and he, and he said um, that it was it was it's on a par with you know the Irish UFC events. He said the not the noise and the atmosphere when you come out is off the off the wall. Yeah. You catch me again, panel. The song them. helps. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> song really does help, but it is like what is people say about an energy marine, and that's that's just me. Oh. Right, I'm gonna I throw some quick fire questions at you that um that we've had on social media. All right, uh, uh, we've covered a couple of these off. When, uh, Julian, Bos- Julian Bosley has asked, is it enough now just to train and, and, and be a dedicated fighter or is it just as important now to spend time growing your persona on social media? Because I think you've got the balance brilliant, you know. You're a really talented lad, but at the same time, you've got the gift of the gab and you've got a really good following on social media. Do you think that's key now to being a successful fighter? Yeah, I do. I think it plays a big part now. If you're not local on social media, then no one knows who you are, you know what I mean? There's, we've had lads from our gym in the past who have been unbelievable on the mat, but no one really knows them because they don't voice themselves on social media. I don't like try and be outlandish or anything like that. That's just me. Someone says something in front of me that does me head and I just turn around and say it. So Twitter's the same. Yeah. Anyone says something to me, I'll say something back. Just like on Instagram as well. I can't help myself. Paul shouted at me plenty of times for it. Stop doing that. You're getting yourself into trouble. But I, I can't help it. So I think, yeah, you do need to have a social media um, an active social media. I think Oban is doing the perfect thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Oban's getting yeah. his name out there. Everyone knows who he is. He's only three and out, two and out. You know what I mean? He's three. He's, he's three and out. You know what we're all about. You've obviously seen some of his fights. Pad, what do you think of him as a fighter? What's say, Sorry, what Rich. Like he's good. You know what I mean? I was I was speaking to Jay as well at the um, at the Manchester show, saying about him doing him saying that's a good round and stuff so uh, like we were we've been saying before we're going to have to come down to you or you come down to us one time and um, yeah, get us, that'd, be, that'd be one one hell of a sparring session nah. yeah definitely yeah. And, and we've got a lot of guys at the similar sort of weight as well I mean he's he's 22 years of age old man and he like yourself he's got that personality it's not forced and people are buying into it because I, I look around the circuit pad and there's so many people trying to beat Conor McGregor and it just doesn't work you know then I look at Alexis yourself you've got your own personality you look at Oban you've got your own personality and I think that's carrying carrying well for you both particularly on the social media side of things getting you both, um, getting you both in the spotlight a little bit for the right reasons you're not wrong there like the amount of people that have done the, like try to copy the McGregor stuff it's just embarrassing. Like, just be your own person. If people won't like it, if you're not your own person, I don't think. If you're trying to put an act on, yeah. you're gonna end up people, blowing people yourself up. People read people as well. They, 
you, you can see through it, can't you? I, I can always tell if it's forced. Like, you know, I watch your interviews, I enjoy it. I watch Oban's, I watch Conor McGregor, you enjoy it. You know, you, you, you own your own personality and it, and, it, and it just rolls off the tongue. Then I look at some people and I'm cringing and I'm like, what on earth are you doing, boys? Come on. You're trying to prime, do something you're prime not. Example, prime example is Henry Sejudo. He makes my yeah. toes curl. <laughs> yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. Toes um, curl, love. I got another question you about um right if you were in a fighter what job do you think you would be in that's an interesting one what type of job do you think you'd get into if you couldn't have been a fighter Robert, well the one thing i've always said if we're in a fighter i would have been a dj because i love music a DJ, yeah a few of me mates ended up being djs but then other than that i don't know might have been behind bars you never know um James Morgan has asked, are Liverpool going to be allowed to win the Football League now or are they going to be handed it? <laughs> no, we're going to win the league, league, lads. The league's getting finished. <laughs> the amount of blue noses that have tried to have my head up the wall with that one over the last few weeks. <laughs> nah, the league's getting finished, lads. They lose too much money. They have to finish the league. Yeah. Um, you, you, you was at the Manchester show with Mason, um, Mason Jones who won the world title. Um, how, do you, how would you think you match up with Mason? I think it'd be a really good fight, the two, the two of you. Yeah, I think it would be a good fight, you know what I mean? I don't want to say nothing bad about him because he's never said nothing bad about me. I've um, wished him good luck in the changing rooms and all that, and he's done the same to me. So, uh, obviously, I, I think I'd beat him. It's just, if you don't think you beat someone in your division, then you're a shit house. But um, yeah. I do, I think I'd beat him. I think uh, a lot of people underestimate my striking. I think I could stand with him. And then I think me, me grappling's better than his, so... But, like we were saying before, I'll, we'll see if it happens. I doubt it will, with us both being the same management. Yeah, yeah. Um, And again, you know, I think it's one of those fights I don't think either of you guys need to take. You're both on the brink of signing for the UFC, and I think it's probably one that could happen, in, you know, on a Liverpool card on the UFC, maybe down the line. Yeah, that's it, I think. <laughs> Okay, but is they probably thinking we could get them both signed? So what's the point in putting them against each other? Probably thinking we could have yeah. another two cage warriors fight to sign. So that's probably what they're gonna do, to be honest. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. You um you used to fight at sixty five, you know the the featherweight. You're fighting now lightweight. You're home now, yeah. Um, is it a case of you you were just young enough to make that weight? Your body hadn't fully developed. You know, no chance of you getting down to sixty five now, pad. Um, well. Um, I used to, when I was an amateur, I fought a bantam, didn't I? And my first yeah. few pros were a bantam when I was smaller. But um, I'd, when I fought Gianetti, I probably, that day, I only cut like five pounds to make lightweight. So I probably I probably could have cut another 10 pounds to make featherweight that day. You know what I mean? Wouldn't have been yeah. nice, but I probably could have done it. But like the last one, I had to cut about three and a half kilo. So I wouldn't have been able to make it to feather that time. But like, yeah. I think with a with a proper big fight camp because last time I went to Thailand and come home like five weeks before the fight. So um, with a full fight camp, I reckon in the future I could make feather in, in the UFC. I might try it with the lightweight being yeah. so big. On on your on your lightweight fights, what do you walk back in the following day? What do you go back up to? How much weight you put back on over that twenty four hours? Um, well, when I fought Dehi, I think I was seventy eight or seventy. Yeah, seventy eight. I think I was when I fought Dehi. But like when I fought yeah, Gianetti. Well, when I was meant to fight Giannetti, like I, I cut that little at the next morning, I woke up. What was I? I woke up one sixty three, and I weighed in at one fifty four. Yeah. Know what I mean? So, so, 
So one one four five is doable, you think? Yeah, with the right with the right camp I, I and the right diet. It, it could be in the future, yeah, with the right diet, right camp, and being professional, like I have been recently. Like the last few times I made fed that I wasn't being professional when I fought the Rosa and when I fought Nad and stuff. You know what I mean? I was killing myself to make the weight. Yeah. But you're working with, working with Paul Reed at the moment with your, your nutrition and your strength and conditioning, yeah. yeah? Yeah, he's a good guy, Paul. So, and I think that's shown, um, like, like you said, you you develop, you look you look like an athletic freak now when you turn up on the day. So, I know, you know, I look, I look like a man now, I don't look like a child anymore. Yeah, you you um you started off as you said bantamweight, then featherweight, then lightweight. Our Jack was the other way around. He was lightweight, featherweight. Yeah. Now he's out of banter. So <laughs> he he, he done it the difficult way, he did, to be fair. Right. If um couple of couple of questions, personal ones on on your on on fight you know fight fan stuff. Who's your favorite fighter of all time and why? Minotaro Nogueira. Because he could take an absolute beat down and would then would catch it in the sub. You know what I mean? You could beat him up, you could beat him up, you could beat him up, and he wouldn't get finished. And then he'd end up catching you and so on. You know what I mean? That's like what I like to think myself as. I'll, I'll just keep getting beat up and I won't quit. Because no one finished him until he was old in the UFC, did he? Agreed, agreed. Um, I always use his fight um, against Bob Sapp as an introduction to new students. I say, have a, have a look, and I send him a link and say, this is a perfect example. Of, of being uh, competent in jiu-jitsu of what a fighter yeah. can, can get from because Bob Sapp wasn't a Bob Sapp now he was a Bob Sapp was like a 300 yeah, pound was, murderer yeah, back in the day <laughs> he was fucking yeah. huge yeah. Yeah. yeah and that and that fight for me uh, you know it's my favourite MMA fight of all time the Nagira Bob Sapp fight just to see how he's getting slammed on his head and ragdoll and yeah, as you said, pursued in. it, pursued it, and ended up getting him with the armbar to finish off. And yeah, um, for anyone really. that's not got any idea of the sport, it's a brilliant video to watch to have an understanding of how, how competent jiu-jitsu can be. If you could fight anyone from the past, who would it be? From the past. From the past. Um, I don't know. You know, off the top of my head, I think. Um, any weight or my weight? Yeah, yeah, you can you can choose any weight and you and we can magic them down to your division. Yeah. I don't I don't know I didn't I didn't hate him, but I I I used to like him, Takanori Gomi. Yeah, yeah, Gomi. Like, I don't I don't hate him, like I wouldn't want to fight him because I hate him, but every fight he was in was a scrap. And like I still yeah. haven't had my one of them, yeah. Know what I mean? I haven't had one of my fucking like fun. I haven't had a crazy scrap like that on my on my resume, and I need one. <laughs> Gomi was so like dominant in Pride, I was shocked that he didn't dominate in UFC. I know, like that happened to most of them though, didn't it? All the ones that dominated in Pride, especially at first, came in UFC and he couldn't deal with it, could he? Like even Shogun at first got finished a few times, didn't he? And then them on the belt. You started testing that something to do with it as well, Pat. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely was thinking that myself. I'd love to fight them reels, though. I always said it. I'd love to fight Brad reels just the once. And in front of that Japanese crowd, I'm, I, I'm guessing that must have been something special. 60,000, yeah. people for some of the events. Ridiculous you know, so. amount of people at them shows. Ridiculous. Right. If um, if Dana White made you matchmaker for the day and he gave you an unlimited budget, it could be past or present. What two fighters would you love to match up? 
you know, if you'd ask someone like Vent this question, he'd be like that on his head, thinking of all sorts. Um, it'd have to be... You're going to have to go heavyweights, really, aren't you? Because that's what everyone wants to see. You're going to have to be Fedor versus Randy Couture, both in the prime. Oh, yeah, what a fight that would be, yeah. What a fight, Absolutely. though. Yeah. I, 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 when you look back, both of those were on the circuit where they could have they, they could have folk, they? and I, I think the politics and the bullshit have followed the UFC and the Pride. It, it, it's just one of those ones that we'll never get to see, and it would have been an absolute yeah. barn burner, wouldn't it? That's yeah, the thing, definitely. Politics and sports, it's mad enough people not fighting each other because of stuff like that. Like, you, fans, especially as fans, you want to see the best fight the best. Definitely. Right. Well, Pat, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you ever so much, mate, for spending some time with us. Um, do, do you want to give your, your social media a shout out so people can uh, can look you up? Um, yeah, if you just want, please. I'm uh, Pat the Baddy on uh, Twitter and Insta. If you just want to go over and say hello. Lovely job. All right, buddy. I'll stick that up on the final slide. Um, hopefully, this madness won't last too long, pal. We can get back in the gyms, and uh, with a bit of luck, we can uh, we can pay you a visit, or you guys can come down to us and we can, exactly. uh, we can get some, some, some serious all, training in, pal. Yeah? Really? That's what I'm thinking. Right like, we're gonna have to wait till the gyms are open for at least two months to get a fight on, aren't we? Can't <laughs> 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 wait this. Uh. Right, thanks again, Pad. Thank you very much for your time, pal. And uh, I'll see you when all this madness is over. Thanks for your time, buddy. See you soon, brother. Ta-da.